0: Hey, it's the first pres Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first pres Monday check-in. We got the Bible, and Greg, and me! Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. This one's on a Wednesday. I don't know. What are you going to do? Nothing. It's just the way it is. It happens, so... I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, I'm one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by...
1: Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor of First Presbyterian Church,
0: and, uh, yeah. This is the goat edition of the Monday Check-In.
1: The 200 female goat edition.
0: 200 female goat edition.
1: And 20 male goats.
0: Well, but whatever.
1: Well, we'll provide some context to that later, or perhaps not, and...
0: You'll just have to look it up. Yeah. So the Monday check-in, for those who don't know, is um, essentially it's two parts. The first part is we do a little preview of the scripture that we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday, First Press Hastings. Talk a little bit about that, a little miniature Bible study. And then after that, we switch gears. We talk a little bit about the life of the church at First Pres, And we oftentimes begin with prayer. And I think that, Greg, it's your turn. My turn?
1: All right, let's uh, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather and to study your Word as we explore these uh, stories in the Old Testament that are foundational in our understanding of God and our relationship with God as God's people. May you open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to how you are speaking to us and how you are teaching us through your Holy Word and helping us. Grow deeper in relationship with you, and hopefully deeper in relationship with one another. Bless our time and bless our study of your word.
0: In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So, for this coming Sunday, we have a part of um, a part of Jacob's narrative life journey, as you will. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to suggest that we read it. And then we can fill in details as we need or want to. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. I'll read through verse
1: 12. I'll take the last last half. All
0: right, so this is 1 through 12, and then 22 through 31. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's camp. So he called that place Mahanim, something to that effect. Jacob sent messengers before him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom, instructing them, thus you shall say to my lord Esau, thus says your servant Jacob, I have lived with Laban as an alien and stayed until now, and I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male and female slaves, and I have sent to And I have sent to tell my Lord in order that I may find favor in your sight. The messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he is coming to meet you, and four hundred men are coming with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that were with him, and the flocks and the herds and camels into two companies, thinking, if Esau comes to the one company and destroys it, then the company that is left will escape. And Jacob said, "O God, my father, O God, my O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac. O Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, and I will do you good.' I am not worthy of the least of all the steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, please, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I am afraid of him. He may come and kill us all, the mothers with the children. Yet you have said, I will surely do you good, and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted because of their number.
1: That ends verse 12. Then we have verses 13 through 21, uh, which provide a listing of the livestock that Jacob is bringing to his brother Esau to try to uh, reconcile with him. And on this journey, we pick up at uh, verse 22. The same night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask for my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, which means face of God, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle that is on the hip socket, because he struck Jacob on the hip socket at the thigh muscle. You left 32 in there. I had taken 32 out of the reading. Oh.
0: (laughs) well.
1: I I suppose it can be in there.
0: (laughs) doesn't have to be, whatever. It's fun. Mm-hmm.
1: It's just a weird detail.
0: Yeah, but it's a very scriptural detail. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know? Well, i having... This is
0: why we don't eat uh, leavened bread. This is why we don't eat this, this, this.
1: Right, but having never slaughtered an animal myself, I don't know what the meat around the hip socket is. Is that good meat? Is that bad meat? Is that... I don't know. But apparently, uh, our Jewish sisters and brothers do not eat the thigh muscle that is on the hip socket. So that is not mm-hmm. eaten.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Greg, what do you got?
1: Well, let's, uh, let's provide a wee bit of context for this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think most of our, our loyal listeners know the story of, uh, of Jacob and Esau. Right? These are twins, but Esau was born first. Uh, their father Isaac plans to give the blessing to Esau and the blessing and passing on the firstborn. And Jacob tricks his brother Esau and steals the blessing from
0: him. Mm-hmm.
1: And not, doesn't just trick his brother Esau, but tricks his own father. At the urging of his mother, his mother helps him. Yes. but um, so It's an
0: interesting family.
1: Yes. So, so Jacob has stolen the birthright and functionally like the, the inheritance, if you will, uh, from Esau. And he flees because Esau's angry and he's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then 20 years pass. Jacob is now returning to the land of his brother to try to make amends, to try to reconcile with him. He's brought a whole bunch of livestock with him. And, uh, I cut this out of the reading, but this is um, this is described as the present for his brother Esau. 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milk camels and their colts, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. That's quite the... Uh, so he's bringing all of this mm-hmm. as a way to try to reconcile with his brother. He said, I stole your inheritance. Here, let me give back to you um, and and reconcile with you, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's that's where the story picks up. Jacob's on his way to see Esau. He's scared because he's last time he saw Esau, he tried to kill him. And uh, he thinks he's going to try to again. So he sends his messengers ahead and says, I'm here to reconcile. And Esau says, sure, I'll meet you with 400 men. And then we get into this little prayer that Jacob says to God, God of my father Abraham and my father Isaac, who said, return to your country and your kindred, and I will do you good. I'm nervous here, God. I'm not worthy of your steadfast love and all the faithfulness you've shown me. Deliver me, please, from the hand of my brothers and from the hand hand of Esau, for I'm afraid of him. He may come and kill us all. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have this weird story of this being, this man wrestling with Jacob. Yeah. So there's there's the context. There's the setup.
0: Yeah. Now you've left out a couple of details. Okay. About Jacob, right? Okay. Uh, the first, Jacob and Esau. The first instance is Esau is born first, but Jacob comes out, Clutching at his brother's heel. Grasping the heel of Esau. Uh, and his name means he who supplants. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, and then later when there, um, There's another incident between Jacob and Esau. And Esau comes in from hunting or something. Or the field. And is described Spamished. as starving. Starving. Yep. And Jacob... Um, uses that to his advantage, and and says, "I'll give you a bowl of soup if you uh, if you give me your birthright. blessing or something, birthright or something, right?" Yeah. Um, so this has kind of always been Jacob's
1: mo. Yeah. And then is, and then of course, the story where he actually steals the birthright. His father Isaac is very old and blind. Jacob is. We picture him as a scrawny not burly guy. Mm-hmm. Esau as a big, heavy, hairy man.
0: And I think that is how their physique is described in the group. Yeah, I'm not making this witness. up. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And
1: so um, the way that Jacob tricks Isaac into giving him the blessing and the birthright is by uh, putting some animal skin on him with fur. So he walks up to his blind dad, mm-hmm. Isaac, and convinces him that he's Esau, mm-hmm. and so then Isaac gives confers the blessing and the birthright onto him. Yeah, and he he and in, one, in my mind he like sneaks off all giddy.
0: <laughs> and once he has stolen this, he he flees. Well, he has to right. flee
1: because Esau is we read in the in the scripture is very angry and wants to kill him for stealing right. his birthright.
0: Then he ends up in a foreign land, and he encounters Laban. Mm-hmm. And he tricks Laban out of two daughters, and then he tricks Laban. out. That's is how he gets his herd started. Yep, is by stealing sheep from Laban. Yep. There's this thing he goes out and he paints the paints the sheep somehow, and Laban can't tell which sheep are his and which are not, and and so then Jacob. That's how Jacob's sort of riches begin, right? right? He's just he's always stealing stuff from people, which makes it difficult for me like to take his like desire for reconciliation. I'm never quite sure how earnest he is in his desire for reconciliation well, People can change, sure, people can have a conversion
1: experience, sure. God clearly recognizes that and, uh, of course, names Jacob Israel. Mm -hmm. And he becomes the father of the nations, the 12 tribes of Israel. Like, so God is willing to forgive Jacob for these things and bless him so that he can do...
0: Yeah, he gets that blessing by wrestling. Yeah? And... and And fighting it out of God.
1: What if he, what if that's metaphorically wrestling with his past?
0: You'll have to say more.
1: Well, I I just, the Hebrew doesn't clarify who he's wrestling with. This has the ring more of like an epic poem. And so there could always be metaphor and symbolism here. And so what if Jacob is really trying to wrestle with his past, overcome his past bad behavior, which we have now aired all of Jacob's Dirty Laundry here, Mm -hmm. um, in order to turn over a new leaf and be a better person?
0: Hmm. I think it's a generous interpretation, but I think it could work. I don't know that that's the direction I'm going with it. I'm I'm just... Mm-hmm.
1: One commentary I read said that may be kind of what this was was getting at. Um, it's also okay. a story about grace. Because if Jacob has done all this naughty stuff mm-hmm. and God is still willing to offer him a blessing and rename him Israel and make him the father of nations,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's something something going on there.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think the character who does very clearly grow in this story, and well, it's not here, is Esau.
1: Well, right. So this is Genesis 32. If, if we continue reading into 33, which we don't have time to do on a Sunday morning, but I think it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting part of the story. Um, and I'll just read this here. Uh, now Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming and 400 men with him. So he divided his children, Leah and Rachel, and two maids, put the maids with their children in front, and Leah with her children, Rachel and Joseph, the last of all. He himself went on ahead, bowing himself to the ground seven times as he came near his brother. He is... Very nervous about Esau's reaction. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: here here it is, 33 verse 4. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. When Esau looked up and saw the women and children, he said, who are these with you? Jacob said, the children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maids drew near, they and their children and bowed down. Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down. And finally Joseph and Rachel drew near and they bowed down. Esau said, what do you mean by all this company that I met? Jacob answered, to find favor with my Lord. This is lowercase Lord. This is referring to Esau. To find favor with you. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, no, please. If I find favor with you, then accept my present from my hand. For truly to see your face is like seeing the face of God since you have received me. With such favor, please accept my gift that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have everything that I want. So he urged him and he took it. And Esau shows incredible grace and forgiveness Mm -hmm. and then encourages Jacob to journey with him.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's a story that... um, this is one of the reasons why knowing the older testament is helpful when you want to try to understand the newer testament, because it's a, it's the prodigal son,
1: exactly. Very yeah. I mean the <laughs> so, connections,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the father running out to meet the prodigal son, Esau the spurned brother running out to meet his jerk brother, yeah, and offering him grace and forgiveness. I mean the two stories are so parallel, and they're stories about grace, right? Abundant grace and and. The fact that God is blessing us with his abundant grace, whether we deserve it or not. Um, Mm -hmm. In fact, it's undeserved. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think, yeah. Esau is a character that his change is very clear Mm -hmm. over over the course of the narrative, it seems. Jacob is just... He's just always this sort of mystery to me. Um, and I'm just never quite sure what his motives are. And and maybe there's a lesson in that as well. I think that of the two characters, Esau is probably the one <laughs> to try to emulate more than Jacob. But... Um, Yeah, this this, but there's I think the 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 part that always catches people attention, people's attention in this story is the wrestling with whoever, whatever this is, this
1: mystery entity.
0: And what does that mean to to wrestle with God? And what does it mean if it is God to have this character who uh, wrestled with God and. And got something out of God that God didn't really seem to want to give. Hmm. Um, like that's that's a weird story. It is, <laughs> right? Um, it is. Yeah, and this idea of of maybe part of this is also connected to Jacob wrestling with his own his own uh, his own past. In some ways, maybe that makes sense but um yeah uh, you know in verse 26 he said let me go for a day is breaking whatever that means but Jacob said I will not let you go unless you bless me so he's grasping at someone's heel again and, and trying to get a blessing out of them um and so he said to him, what is your name? And he said, well, I'm Jacob. This is what I do. <laughs> I'm the one who grasps at people. Um, and it's okay. Well, you're not going to be Jacob anymore. You're going to be Israel. Um, so and the name change is always a, is a significant moment in these folks' lives is as it, well. You yeah, know?
1: Anytime you encounter a name change in the Bible, you've got to pay attention a Yeah, bit.
0: Abram. Goes from Abram to Abraham, and Sarah to
1: Sarah, mm-hmm. Sarai to Sarah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. as well. But yeah, yeah, I'm, you've already met with the Tuesday noon Bible study. I have. What did they make of this?
1: Uh, they also thought it was a weird story.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Um, so, and I mean, and in terms of our understanding of the Book of Genesis, Jacob goes on he he fathers the 12 tribes of Israel and then there's the whole story of Joseph and the coat of many colors where Jacob shows preference to one of his sons that gets right. his brothers jealous and they end up selling him into slavery and then Joseph eventually becomes mm-hmm. second in charge in Egypt and Jacob and his sons go from Canaan to Egypt yeah, uh, because they're starving
0: mm-hmm. and
1: once again there's a story of grace and reconciliation in this case it's joseph one of jacob's sons showing grace and reconciliation to his own brothers who had harmed him and almost killed him and sold him into slavery in egypt so it's a it's a theme that comes up over and over again in just in the very first book of the bible in genesis Mm
0: -hmm. right Mm -hmm.
1: and there's there's also i think we could draw parallels between jacob and, and david in terms of the the, the misbehaving, sure, significantly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and God still finding a way to use mm-hmm. somebody who's terribly imperfect
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, in in ways to uh, to help advance God's story of mm-hmm. God's people, right?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting narrative to to maybe help us think about what the times when we need to forgive others, the times when we need to seek forgiveness. From others, the dangers of playing favorites, perhaps as well. Um, yeah, it, there's a lot of things that a person could pick out of here and run with.
1: Yeah, and and again, that that reminder that this is this is just the very first book of the Bible, right? This is Genesis. This is the story of the beginning of God's people mm-hmm. um, and God's relationship with humanity. And, uh, and and it continues, obviously. But uh, yeah, there's there's some helpful stuff here. And this is in part why we've switched uh, from the Revised Common Lectionary to the Narrative Lectionary so that we can study these stories that are sort of foundational building blocks or cornerstones when we think about uh, our faith and um, the story of God's people. And so mm-hmm. um, we'll continue to do some of these deep dives into these stories that we may have learned in, in Sunday school, but we don't often hear... Preach from the pulpit, and maybe are back in the recesses of our
0: mind somewhere, but uh, not ones that we think about a lot. But mm-hmm.
1: they're kind of important.
0: Yeah, there's a newer Testament passage recommended to go along with this. Do you remember what it is?
1: Uh, that was me pairing it. That was, that was, was not the, not okay. the narrative lectionary pairing it, and and the sermon's going a different direction at this point. Okay. So that's <laughs> not where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: well, I, just, I didn't look. I saw it on the thing. I didn't look it up. Yeah, but hmm, hmm, interesting. What do you think it'll
1: preach? Uh, something in there will preach, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've had uh, we've had the story of Moses and Shipper and Pua, which is Exodus, if you the next book of the Bible.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: we've had Abraham and Sarah and Sarah laughing, and now we've got uh, Jacob wrestling with God, and onward we go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah interesting all right well should we switch gears
1: yeah what's going on and what's not going on in the church i guess is the better question all of it's happening so we're back in the swing of things with fall so our sunday mornings look like uh 8 30 contemplative service uh 9 15 sunday school hour for all ages and uh 10 30 traditional service and we have some exciting adult ed forums going on um because it's our 150th anniversary we're doing some historical looks at our church. Mm-hmm. So two weeks ago, we had the the panel of pastors, yep. uh, former pastors who were here for the 150th. Last week, uh, Dr. Byron Jensen provided some historical perspective on the music programs at First Presbyterian Church. And then
0: what do we have going this week? Uh, Laura Marvel Wunderlich will, is in the process of updating the history of First Presbyterian Church and she will be giving an update about her update, I suppose. So sharing some of the things that she's been uh, finding as she's she's been digging into archives, and I know that she's also been <laughs> meeting with current staff and members of the church to get a sense of what's been happening here over the last X number of years. 25. Yeah, 25 yeah. years. So so she'll be sharing that sort of information as what kind of what she's uncovering as she goes along. Yeah. So that's
1: in the adult ed room um, on Sunday at Mm -hmm. 9.15. And then, yeah, we've got uh, our Wednesday night programming is up and running as well. We've got programming for uh, preschool through high school kids. Uh, kids are encouraged to get here at five o'clock to have dinner. Their mm-hmm. families can join them for that as well. Uh, and then we've got programming from, uh, 530 to 715 that includes, um, choirs and bell choirs and Bible studies and some fellowship time. And, uh, we have a question mark there. Should we go ahead and do that?
0: Well, that's kind of up to you.
1: All right. Uh we did launch the Capital Campaign of the Church on Sunday. Uh we're very excited about uh the direction that's headed. And so if you've got questions or want more information about that, please come talk to me or one of the members of the Capital Campaign Committee. Uh we'd be love love to talk to you about that. We'll have a few gatherings in October to talk more about it and pledge cards will go out in October, along with pledge cards for our annual stewardship fund, and we hope that you will uh, Look at that and pray with your family and consider giving generously to both the capital campaign and your continued ongoing uh, support of the work we're doing here at the church. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And then we have some interesting or unique worship services coming up as well. So the first is going to take place on a Wednesday, Wednesday, September 27th. We will be having our, we'll be having a cookout Sort of an all church cookout and blessing of the pets worship service. That'll be at five thirty to six thirty, right? Uh, five five to six is the
1: five meal, is, yeah. And then the blessing yeah. of the pets service will be six to six thirty yeah. ish.
0: So, so you know, folks, come on down. Plan to join us for any or all of that. They can that's open to the whole church that evening or. I guess it's just kind of open to anybody.
1: The whole community, yeah. yeah this anything. is a great opportunity right. for you to invite family, friends, neighbors, that sort of thing, to come down and share a meal and some fellowship and then to do a blessing of the pets. Um, if your pet would not do well in a large group setting, you're also welcome to bring a photo of your pet, and we will say a prayer blessing blessing uh, with your pet or your photo. And we have little dog tags that say, I was blessed at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's Wednesday, September 27th. And then some more unique Sunday mornings that are coming up. October 1st is Hastings College Sunday, and also we'll be celebrating World Communion on that day. October 8th is Jazz Worship Sunday, which is kind of the culmination of an entire jazz weekend. Um, there's a concert in the jazz concert in the church on Saturday night, the October 7th. 7th. Mm-hmm. And then there's also an event at the Lark on Friday night, the 6th. October
1: 6th. Yeah, we're bringing out a, a group called the Theodicy Jazz Collective, which was started by a child of this church, Ann Phelps, when she was at Yale Divinity School. Um, and so they're coming out for sort of a resident weekend. They're going to spend some time with Hastings College Choir students. They're going to spend some time at Hastings Public Schools. And then we've rented out the Lark on Friday night so the Hastings College students and these professional jazz musicians can do some jam session type stuff, jazz standards. Um, Saturday, we've got the concert with our chancel choir singing backup for the jazz band or singing as part of the jazz Mm -hmm. ensemble. And then Sunday morning, a full jazz service. So we hope you can join us for that.
0: Then other things farther into the distance will be honoring All Saints Day, November twelfth, this year. And then it's then once we hit that, we're right on the cusp of Advent. So, and then we'll have some of our usual Advent activities as well. So, yeah, an
1: Advent craft afternoon, the hanging of the greens, and then uh, we'll have a world premiere of an original choral cantata on December tenth. In our sanctuary, and uh, we hope you'll be able to join us for that. Also
0: written by a child of this church. Mm -hmm. So So good stuff in the offing. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Shall we have a prayer? Let's do it. Okay. Loving and gracious God, we find ourselves often in life not sure of how to proceed, how to move forwards, whether we need to seek forgiveness or offer forgiveness, whether We just need to sit and wrestle and struggle with ourselves or with others or with you for a little while. No matter where we might be in life, we ask that you might be with us. That your presence might guide us, might comfort us, might nurture us, and might challenge us. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well then, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.